listening to Around Comics. listening to around comics episode 439 trade talks the league extraordinary gentlemen yep. volume one by alan moore and kevin, kevin o'neill that's right what's up gentlemen? it's the work it's the work day it's the work day work edition it is the special yeah. work day work and yeah throw us up on the conference room yeah, tv right? you know get us introduce <laughs> us to your uh you know Office man, yeah. it's like a Teams call. It's like it's like the best Microsoft <laughs> we Teams call. Should have done it in Zoom or time. something. Just oh god, <laughs> oh no, nah, this bad, bad vibes. This is the most awake. This is the most awake and sober I think uh, we've been in years <laughs> on the show. This will probably be the best episode, or maybe we do, or the worst, yeah. or the worst, <laughs> or the worst. I I don't know. I think being more alert. It is a weird thing, like less tired. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been, you know, I haven't had a couple of drinks in me already. Um, it's I'm not <laughs> the winding down. Yeah. I gotta, yeah. yeah, I gotta go back to work after this. I gotta. I'm like drinking coffee. I'm like yeah. the days ahead. You guys notice I got a new camera. I got it. I switched my yeah. my basement around completely. I'm on the other side. Mm-hmm. I, you can see like messing with my world. You can man. see some comic books back there. And my Stanley signed Spider-Man print Ooh. back there. My E Weeks nice. Superman. You've you've rearranged, I've rearranged that, the set, right? Freshen it up. New, I got this weird camera that's making me look very uh, blown out. I don't know why. No, you look fine. Wow. You look beautiful, man. I love mm-hmm. it. Own it. Yeah. Great. No. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I don't know if people are watching us on like an 86 inch <laughs> conference room TV. We all look like shit. Absolutely. But that's just. Uh, I'm looking a little puffy. I'm looking I'm a little like, puffy. Today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sorry. Um, what version did you guys read of uh, League? Did you originally grab your? Or... Did, well, yeah. Well, originally, you, I'm sure you you read it when it was coming out from. Uh, uh, America's Best Comics, which this is, was this the mm-hmm. first Alan Moore America's Best title? No, or was Tom that Strong? Tom, was that Tom Strong? Was Tom first, Strong? yeah, yeah. Is, is what I remember. This was actually, I think, a while. Like this was, it was America's Best, but it was after Wildstorm had already them. had a- acquired. It, it, which that's that whole yeah. story about how Alan Moore spent. You know, years trying to get away from DC after the whole like V for Vendetta kerfluffle, and mm-hmm. it was pretty public about about all of that. And then he goes and starts doing America's Best Comics, and then well, they get purchased by DC. Well, that was the thing. Like it, it, it was yeah. Jim Lee. So Jim yeah, Lee owned Wildstorm, and he Wildstorm. wanted partner with America's Best Comics and Alan Moore said fine 
I'll do that as long as you promise me that I'll I'll never it'll never be part of DC because he was very leery of Wildstorm and DC's connection and Jim Lee's connection to DC and Jim Lee promised him he wouldn't and then turned around and sold Wildstorm to DC and Alan's like fuck you I'm it just it was just another fucking ass fucking that Alan got out of the comic yeah. book industry is just yeah. and that was kind of, at that point he's like he's like fuck it I'm going to Avatar yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and now he's just completely done with comics. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, Good job, Jim Lee. Is, you greedy prick. Was at Avatar and what Top Shelf? They he t- they took League to Top Shelf. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I I I mean, I read the original issues back in the day, but for this one, I read the old absolute nice. edition. As I'm holding it up, pulling a Chris. Yeah. Pulling up the old, the old Chris version. Uh, I hadn't read this in a while, actually. I took oh, the slipcase. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I can Why see would it you there. I have it right over there. All right. I just, like, when I read it and I'm, like, laying down, sometimes if I have the slip, yeah, and, like, I, you know, like, I got weak hands. <laughs> uh, so this was my pick. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question mm-hmm. to start this off with, and I mean this as a compliment to Mr. Alan Moore and Mr. Kevin O'Neill. Is this the dumbest Alan Moore comic in the sense oh, of like what? it is straight up like like the like the goofiest, like in a good way, where it's just like this is like I we're like. I think like step on the gas, yeah. like this one's not like the. I, I I think there's a couple ways to look at it. It's yeah, I agree. Yes, it is. I we'll get into how layered it is and all of the the references. I, and I all mean, that. dumbest in the best way but possible. I think I, I think, think there can be things that are very dumb that are yeah. very good. I, I think and, the movie but, is <laughs> exhibit A on how you can take this concept and make it completely ridiculous in all of the wrong dumber. Ways. Make it even dumber. You can make it dumber. Dumber, yeah. even dumber. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because that's when you when you read it, you're like, oh, I actually I see how you got to that movie from mm-hmm. here. Because this, like, I get it. Like, because there's elements of all the dumbest things in the movie are they're not from nowhere. Yeah. You know, like you can see where you could look at this and be like, actually, what if we made it like we juiced it up a little bit? like action movie, you know, like I, I can see why it, it, it come from that. And it's, it's been since a long time since I read it. And, you know, as I finished it, I was like, you know, I was like, this is, even though it's dense, right? Like there's the whole Jess and Evans annotations of it, mm-hmm. of like all the little like breadcrumbs and like little references to things at its heart. It is pretty much, like a straight up like goofy romp. It's an adventure. Book. It's an adventure. Yeah, it's totally like just yeah. Like it is, you know, it it's very um it's very tongue in cheek. Like which I you know, sometimes I think more maybe, you know, there's a double edged sword to that sometimes, right? Of like um you could look at a story like this and you could be like, uh, it's a little, it's, 
you know, if you're looking at it straight on, right, without much like thought about like this is like a goofy romp through like Victorian literature, you can look at this and be like, hey, it's a little weird that the bad guys are all like pretty stereotypical evil Chinese like villains, right? And like if you just look at it straight on, you could be like, mm, this is perhaps a bit a bit strange. Uh, unless you look at it, you know, because there in the annotations is actually a quote from Moore where he talks about that, where he's like, yeah, you know, people perhaps could see it that way, except for the, you know, like the intention is that it is like a romp through like how sort of ridiculous Victorian mm -hmm. like literature and like the stereotypes of what the villains are and the stereotypes of like sexual purity and like those elements you know, like can you can which, you examine? You know, I'll take more for his can word. Can you examine stereotypes without being stereotypical? Yeah, I mean that's the thing where it's kind of like, oh, I don't know, man, because people have a hard time figuring out Rorschach's bad. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? You can't, so it's you like, can't write stuff <laughs> because people are yeah. dumb. Like, yeah, I'm gonna write. You know, you know. No, no, no. I, that's what I mean. It's like Moore's explanation where I'm like. Oh, no man I, I think that's a lot of asking people to like dissect it to that like fine of a level i think you're definitely going to get people who uh who are not going to yeah. get are going to take your right on of it and yeah surface uh, right i'm right on them which is aside from it aside from the book but um i thoroughly enjoyed reading it i read all the annotations too which i've never oh, done wow. I read, yeah, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is like, I don't know, is this like more having the most fun? I, I mean, I think it definitely is one of, but I think when the the whole ABC, the America's Best Comics, when he's doing that, is yeah. when he was doing more fun comics. But honestly, yeah. I think more almost got trapped in because of Watchmen. He got trapped. This idea of like, yeah. oh, he's this serious comic book writer where it's it's layered and there's yeah. all this subtext and there's all this other meaning to his comics. It's like if you look at most yeah. of everything that he wrote outside of that, there's it's not all like that. Like it's not. I mean, like there's a lot of no. fun stuff. His Superman stuff, his his mainstream superhero yeah. stuff. A lot of it is very fun, and especially. Yeah. His Green Lantern yeah. stories. Has no one ever read Halo like, Jones? Pretty, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. You know, there's yeah, all sorts yeah. of DR and Quench. I mean, honestly, he started as a fucking comedy writer. Yeah, I, I think, but yeah. I think there's definitely um, a lot of fun with this because he's trying to, like you said, he's poking fun at sort of like the dryness of Victorian era, era literature and using all those characters. And trying to make like a fun adventure story out of it, not something that's really boring and, and kind of like, yeah. you know, but at the same time, I mean, kind of crazy and wacky and like, it's, it is way out there. Sure. Yeah. It's out there. I mean, it's like, you know, when you think about like, they visit like a school for wayward girls who's run by a character who's like a right. dominatrix. You know, like, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like he's pulling these weird things and like combining them in like really strange ways to like poke fun at things and to like deflate the idea. You know, like 
you could get real deep into like what the you know the history of england and like the nature of colonialism and like what you think sure. alan quartermain represents just on the most basic level as a character right like yeah. he's he was written at a time of sort of like this is what you know the uh the our mission in life is for us to go out in like civilized places mm -hmm. and like and spread our culture right and like more kind of makes fun of that like he's at Cormain kind of doesn't you know his biggest thing going for him is he's like I guess I'll do this right like he's not like a mastermind he's not like you know okay. he's definitely not as like <laughs> yeah I mean they pull, yeah they pull he's him. not as cunning as Nemo or or uh or um you know Nina. or um yeah. Nina you know like definitely not like he's just like along for the ride and the best thing that can be said for him and he is a heroic character is like yeah i'll grab this wrench and go fight, <laughs> go fight this guy, you know, people like don't want to do the, i mean he'll, he'll... Yeah. yeah yeah exactly you know one of, sort of like one of my yeah, i'll jump in let's do this yeah, one of my favorite sequences in the book is is his uh uh withdrawal pages where they lock him, mm. lock him in a room mm. in the Nautilus, and he's just fucking strung out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, those little moments, uh, those elements of that are in there, and just like. But I think it does. Like you bring up a good point on that with him. You know, it's like, is that a statement on the idea of like, well, the British Empire got a lot of shit done just because you had a bunch of dudes that were like, okay, I'll do that for the Queen and for country. I mean, isn't that kind of like how wars are won or, or how, you know, invasions yeah. are, are, it's just like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll do that because it's the, you know, what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's no, no. great mastermind. He's no like, if, if you have, have any of the characters, you know, Nemo is the one that's maybe the most like cunning or most like clued in, or he's the one who's sort of like, I don't trust this character we should do this or even Mina is also the one who like deduces where, you know, the doctor is building his lighter than airship and all that stuff. And Quartermain's like, he's along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like, uh, there's well, like, they literally there is like an dragged him there. along. I mean, they dragged him out yeah. of an opium <laughs> den to be a part of it. He, you know, it's like he had <laughs> no interest. It wasn't like he was planning any of this. And they, they, yeah, literally drag him out of an opium den. He didn't want to go. Oh, yeah, like, he had no interest in any of this. Just like, all right. And then I, I, I'm high yeah. all day. <laughs> or also, you know, like the back matter story, the Alan Quartermain and the Sundered Veil, you know, where it is about, you know, centered. Or, again, he's like mm -hmm. a drug addict who like gets dragged along on an adventure that he was like not that into being not part really, of. Not really feeling <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into this right now, but that you know, it is it is sort of an interesting take on on you know like the 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 white savior sort of character yeah. that he is you know. It, but I think that's what Moore is doing with all of these characters, you know, deconstructing yeah. them, analyzing them, then putting them back together in a way that he can tell a fun story with them. Um, yeah, you know, and and it's yeah. it, in some ways this book. I mean, I love. Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's it's some of my favorite stuff that Alan Morn's ever done. Like that, Tom Strong. I think is another one that I just absolutely love. Tom Strong and um, Top Ten is 
all, all the ABC mm-hmm. stuff. I probably enjoyed that way more than like V for Vendetta or From Hell or some of the more you know, yeah. you know. But you know, it's 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 that him in that playground, which he does as as well as anyone, maybe better than anyone in comics has ever done, of like looking at the history of these characters and and the you know the the mythology, their place in the world, their place in history, and then like because he has this insane genius knowledge of all these characters and books and timelines and all this stuff he's able to you know warp that stuff and twist it and play with it and you know as you you go through those annotations it's insane it is ridiculous the amount of easter eggs and things that he puts on every single page and that forced Mm -hmm. you know forces kevin o'neill to draw you know, all these fucking things in there, but it's like, there's not many guys that, you know, that's a Stanley Kubrick level of research on a, for a story. Oh, yeah. There's not many people that are doing that kind of a thing with it, but at the same time, then like, oh yeah, but let's make it a really entertaining adventure story. Like there's all this. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like the the amount of detail in it but also the willingness to be like i'm just gonna make up a character campion bond because it fits the story like because i need a character to do this so like there's both like the adherence like i'm gonna try i'm I'm in a fun way i'm gonna try and piece all these things together but i'm also just gonna like say fuck it and (laughs) like, like just go like go wild and just like yeah we'll do this you know like there's you know and bringing up kevin o'neill is important too because like i mean his art in this is just like i have a hard time imagining it's like one of those books where it's like who else i I have a hard time imagining somebody else doing it like that's just how like ingrained that like look is to these characters and like the way he sort of like his drawing also sort of walks that line of like it's kind of a joke but it's also kind of I was gonna serious ask, i was going to ask you that because you know it's like how much does his artwork really add to the you know funny campy tone of the book you know what i mean like the the way yeah it's yeah. like his art style is so unique in that he can do you know drug addiction uh as well as you yeah. know violence extreme violence which you look like martial law yes. the amount of extreme violence oh, yeah. that is, but then also like really funny and it all has walk yeah. just goofy yeah. character goofy looking characters i mean and super like cartoony. the fucking fish in the porthole yeah you know adds so, so much range so but it is so unique of a style as well yeah, I, it's it's a it yeah. it is I think absolutely a partnership in this book. I can't imagine O'Neill not being the artist on it. It's just and these yeah, are I think Tom said it's it's ingrained because I could because I could see someone whose art style is maybe a little more traditionally serious, and I think the vibe of the book would be all weird because like it does have to like walk that line of sort of like here's an adventure but like don't take it right. too seriously mm-hmm. because we're also going to have like a uh a fucking artful dodger joke that goes on <laughs> for like four pages during like the climatic battle yeah. we're gonna don't worry we're gonna get oh, yeah. to like, have 
Mr. Hyde ripping people's arms off and decapitating yeah. people. It's like, we're not going to be too serious because we're going to take an, ex- uh, like, in the middle of the climatic battle, we're going to have, like, a uh, Oliver Twist, extended Oliver <laughs> Twist joke, like, going on in the middle. So, like, don't don't get too serious with do it. Do you guys, do you guys have a favorite uh, league member? Gentlemen? Do I have a favorite gentleman? Yeah. Uh, well, Nemo is... Mm. And, and, you know, as we saw, you know, he did what, three volumes, four volumes of, of Nemo after this. Well, Nemo's daughter. And Nemo's daughter, but, um, yeah, which are excellent. But he's one of the more interesting. I don't know. I would say for me, like, I like Hyde. <laughs> I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I like the way that he's portrayed in the book. And, and, mm-hmm. um, it's always exciting when he's going to, you know, when he becomes Hyde and, and he's kind of pathetic when he's Dr. Jekyll and, you know, and Jekyll, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, he's probably one of my favorite, but they're all great. I mean, yeah. me, they all have plenty of screen time and do their own things and, and have their own parts of the story. You know, it's, a, it, it's, it's hard to pick any of them. Yeah. I think it turns into Nina's story. Um, you know, really even kind of from the beginning, um, but through the entire the entire series to its completion, it really is, you know, she's the central character. But uh, yeah, it hides great. I mean, my favorite character in it is uh, Professor Moriarty. <laughs> because it's just like, just like, so obviously Kevin O'Neill and Alan Moore are just like, what? Uh, let's have a villain who could not possibly be any bigger and like whatever the equivalent of true the scenery is in a comic book, you know, where it's like, we're going to like swing big for like <laughs> how villainous this villain is, you know, and like uh, the way he talks, like the way, like everything. He's just like the archetype like sinister like mastermind like in in everything from the way he's drawn to how just like his sort of ridiculously like pompous way of talking i feel uh did you guys watch uh, chris i know you did but the um benedict cumberbatch sherlock show which was yes an excellent one yes. of my favorite you know sherlock holmes reimagining but i feel like that moriarty in that show um almost mm-hmm. took some inspiration from this moriarty in some ways because he, he does seem like way more villainous Quippy. just way more like sinister oh, like yeah. just yeah. fucking yeah. evil and and yeah i'm gonna give a speech about like how you know like how evil i am yeah. the nature right, of evil right. you know like yeah that guy's awesome yeah but he came off as very cruel it's cruel for fun yeah right um yeah which i don't know if moriarty was it i mean i guess to some degree but that show it seemed like man they really pumped up the the vileness in in that villain um yeah me i think when i first read this mina was certainly probably my favorite character she's a pretty terrific character throughout the whole book she's great but I don't know. I all I all I know is, man, th- this is a perfect book for uh, 
the app, these absolute editions, the oversized editions. Cause yes. there's all the little, you know, I remember I didn't do it this time around, but you know, reading the annotations, I, I certainly did go through at one point and read it with the annotation. So every page I would read the annotations for that page and, and not move on to the next page until I, you know, and just sort of examining all of the little things, some of the, you know, it's just like an insane amount of things that nobody would, how do you ever catch that stuff? Yeah. Um, seems crazy, but the, you know, the absolute edition makes it a little easier because the original comic size, you know, <laughs> there's just yeah, the same like, of I just fucking ripping some oh, guy in half. That's fucking, just, just, that's what I loved about Howard. <laughs> Yeah, this is a dangerous book if you have an internet connection uh, and the annotations because there, it is just like one rabbit hole after another. Oh um, yeah, for sure. It just yeah, it's well, and it's and we haven't even really talked about the the overall concept of of league. It's that Alan Moore's you know created the sandbox where where everything that has ever existed on the, the written literary page it can be a part of this. So all of the characters are, are literary characters. And so, you know, you get spoilers, you get into like, you know, in later volumes, like Harry Potter, right? Because it's, it's there. It can be used. Yeah. Anything. anything it all from, exists. From uh, books. Yeah. Do you get, when you guys read the absolutes, do you ever take a peek at like the, the book that's just the scripts? Yes. yes. The Alan Moore scripts, where I'm always like, yeah. "Damn, dude!" He's famous for like, that. The overwriting, it's like, the yeah. But also, just like the the amount of like what's in his head of like how it is is always really impressive. Of like, this is like nine squares. You see a little bit of the shoulder of this character, like in the you know, like just how clear it is in his mind, yeah. like how like the actual story looks is always like. It's always yeah. If he could draw, like, he would just like, do it all himself. That's like I see it in my head. This is how this story goes yeah. goes out there, I, and like you know, and the back matter too is so awesome. And just like the stuff, like I love because it is very much like dopey comics shit, like paint by <laughs> numbers, and it's Dorian Gray, you know, and it's like just like so obviously just inspired by just like lowbrow stupid comics and they kept stuff, doing that you know they in volumes jam. as they went on it seemed like that they expanded that stuff more yeah. and more but yeah, that was yeah. when cool. i was reading this in single issues that was my favorite things every issue like oh what are they going to do in the front and the back yeah. of every comic because there was always a page mm -hmm. of like the goofy you know advertisements that but victorian era advert comic book advertisements which is just like the most yeah. brilliant mm -hmm. thing I think I think Moore has a love for for lowbrow and and leans into it. I mean he 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 elevates it in a way. It's almost like a you know a chef like leaning into like low country food and elevating it. I think he does that with with lowbrow comics, and I think it's kind of a passion of his. Well, I don't think he looks at it necessarily as lowbrow. I don't think you know what I mean. I don't think I he. I, I would no. I think he looks at it as lowbrow, but I think he um, doesn't necessarily see that as a bad thing. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can do it. Right. I don't know if you can do both. <laughs> yeah. okay. Lowbrow, I think, is uh, yeah. 
but no, I I know what you mean. Yeah, he, he definitely yeah. leans into it for sure. And, um, well, I think a part of it is just the stuff that he loves, you know, and yeah. and it's the things that he excited him about comics or stories or books or whatever it may be. And, you know, um, there's something just really funny about the idea of like, let's treat Sherlock Holmes. Like if he was <laughs> Superman and like the Superman died and now like right. things are bad. He was holding everything like, together. He was holding it. He was holding it all together. And like now the enemies of the crown can, you know, and it's, you know, and it's like seeing like the thread of what makes comic book character, like superheroes, like those threads have always existed in culture, you know, like there, those, you know, like, yeah, Jekyll and Hyde is the whole oh, right. kind of, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, and you know, like, the the those threads that you know exist in comics they they've been around forever they're tapping into like it's always been people's imaginations of like there is somebody who could solve this mystery you know with their own mind you know like there's no nothing is unsolvable to this person like in a world full of problems that are seemingly unsolvable constantly Just ask Elon you know, Musk like, I'll tell you he'll he'll solve We'll solve yeah. For $8 a month. Solve it. Dollars, so $8 you get that blue check, baby. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, 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 uh, I mean, yeah, definitely when you look at it, it's like the mythology of any character can go back and you can just sort of like find that cipher for it throughout time. Like, I, I think, you know, it's that archetype. That's why, you know, archetypes just exist because like forever, hundreds, thousands of years, we've been telling essentially the same sort of stories and the same about the same characters and they just sort of evolve and change in different ways. But yeah, that the, you know, I, I think Stan create, you know, Stan and Jack creating the Fantastic Four and the Hulk and Captain, you know, it's like those were, the, you could find those everywhere. Like you could find those, you know, yeah. in, and that's what Moore I think does better than anybody else though is like he... I don't know. He has this ability to sort of like break them down and understand them so well that then he can play with them better than, you know, than other people. Mm -hmm. Like he's able to just have the confidence of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I mean, even like something like lost girls, you know, which was his erotic mm -hmm. fantasy, you know, comic <laughs> that he did. It's porn. Just go. No, it's yeah, absolutely. It's porn. Um, <laughs> But it's also literary porn. It's like he's using literary characters that he, you know, he's understood or read or, you know, sort of like has this connection to to a point where he can then write them as their own characters. You know, like he can create new stories with these characters that someone else wrote. And that's an interesting thing that he's done over and over and over again. Like, you know. And, from hell yeah right jack the ripper and you know it's like it, watchman uh, i mean all of his stories are sort of that same thing i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna re-exam and you know people like try and yeah. make it into something like oh it's deconstruction it's you know modernism you know sort of that kind of thing and it's like well yeah but it's just also him telling cool yeah stories. with characters that 
that, right. you know, he already sees through the veil. He already understands like, oh, these aren't new. I can write Superman, but it's like Superman already existed. You know, like Superman's already been around. So I'm just going to go back mm -hmm. and write, you know, something else that with, with the, you know, Sherlock Holmes yeah. or Tom, Tom Strong, Tom. you know, he takes, he takes, you know, Doc Savage and that whole, I, I still love that concept of um, it, this, this is present day as it was imagined in the 1950s. I mean, what a great concept to write. Well, that's also the cool thing he does with the right. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is that he right. creates an alternate version of Britain that is based on if these characters existed in this world, what would the world look like? That's, that's yeah. a really yeah. cool part, you know, which he's done over and over again as well as like Watchmen. You know, what would the world look like if superheroes actually did exist? Mm -hmm. How would that be different yeah. than it is in real life? Well, he does the same thing here. Like, what would Britain look like if Sherlock Holmes existed and Alan Quartermain and, Mina and you know, all this mythology yeah, somehow yeah. melded together in an actual, what would the world look like? Mm -hmm. And it's pretty fucking wild. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, if you had a Nemo, you know, and that technology and that, and, and you had these, all these bad guys, you know, sort of running around and doing all these different kinds of things. Like how would that affect just yeah. the general politics and, and architecture and geography of the, of the planet. Yeah. And he seems to have this incredible mind that he can figure that shit out. Um, which is, is, I think is just a big, it's a, it's a huge part of his writing. Um, but it's also like this weird thing where it's not, it's not writing, you know, like it's like restory to rebuilding a world, you know, it's mm. not world building. It's like yeah. rebuilding of the world. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you have a lot of like fiction that's out there. That's like alternate history and you know, that kind of thing. It's like, well, Moore was doing that, you know, decades ago and nobody called it alternate history mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like, but yeah, so it's, 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 League is is one of my favorite Alan Moore books for sure, and just the whole franchise of comics is, you know, pretty yeah. awesome. Well, it, it peg it pegs down what Moore is really good at, and that is, you know, and this is kind of the trap that that you know why we look at like Morrison, you know, differently sometimes. It's like I think Morrison has great ideas. Sometimes he pulls them off, and it's fantastic. Sometimes you're just kind of left scratching your head. The league is a perfect example along with Watchmen of you can you can read this and really enjoy it on that surface level of just action movie kind of action story but then there's the rabbit holes that you can that you can go down and that's just mm -hmm. you know more has that very literary um style to him that that he can you know first and foremost write an entertaining engaging story yeah he never loses sight of it i mean right. like, well yeah i don't know if the never i mean i think from hell he he lost sight of it's not a really <laughs> it's a little yeah. indulgent yeah, yeah you can fall down a rabbit yeah. hole sometimes of and the whole book's just a rabbit hole and you're kind of like what's mm -hmm. happening yeah this? i mean i always look at like it's it's funny because whenever whenever I read this book and I uh, I read the the um the text 
story, you know, and the the Alan Quartermain and the Sundered Vale, you know, and you read it and it's like Alan Moore is obviously like trying to write in that like flowery, like Victorian like style. And it takes always takes me like three paragraphs to like get into it. Cause I'm always like, what the, it's like, Oh my God, dude, just like, and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like, this is how people wrote stuff back then. You know, it is like, this is an incredibly like obtuse (laughs) style of like, of like wandering like sentences and like, you know, it's just always fun to get back yeah. into it and be like, Oh yeah, there's definitely right. a rhythm. To it. Like, like you have to, you have to get into the rhythm yeah. of the story. And I think the art goes, does that as well. Like, I think, I think that, um, Kevin O'Neill's art is a rhythm to it that you have to get into. And, mm-hmm. and if you're not into it, you, you may not dig that art, you know, like, but once you get into it, I think Kevin O'Neill's always been one of my favorite. Like, I still remember like, when I first came across martial law, that was the comic that <laughs> nobody seemed to know about that comic book. And that was one of my favorite comic books that I've ever seen in my life. I was just like, what the fuck is this? This is so insanely different than anything I had ever read. And I'm like, why isn't this guy doing more? I, I, I didn't really know more about his work and didn't really see a whole lot of his stuff. And I just remember for years and years, it wasn't really until like the internet and like, twitter and stuff that i realized that other people actually even knew martial law existed and i'm just like why has nobody ever talked about this fucking comic i love this comic book so much um but yeah he 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 hasn't done enough work in my opinion uh, what was the league what was the league story that was basically a, a musical was that one of the century yeah i think so issues yeah. and i was just like son of a bitch he can actually he can even make a comic book musical entertaining um yeah you son of a you bitch. son of a bitch yeah. i'm trying to find i forget where it is in the absolute edition but that like artistic rendering of uh oh, i might be in the actually in the slip cover of the drawing of alan moore and kevin o'neill which oh, is right. pretty funny where Kevin is like, like hunched over, <laughs> like a, like a, he's, he's physically like, like he's been chained yeah. to a drawing table for like, years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a pretty funny, uh, pretty funny joke, but, uh, I've always enjoyed that as well. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's always great to read it and it's always like fun to dive back into it and now that there's all these annotations too of like you can just fall into an entire thing of like who's this character and this just like fall into a wikipedia hole of reading about like you know uh andy cap alan (laughs) quarterman you know like ah okay who is this character like i get it now i will admit in doing so i like went down the pathway of like, well, I'm going to now read some Alan Quartermain stories. Uh-oh. And it's just like, oh, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> this is not, this yeah. is not what I want. Yeah. Sometimes, there's sometimes, a reason, there's a reason more is making fun of it kind <laughs> yeah. of a little bit. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, all right, explore. What happens when you like, exp- you know, what happens when the explorer kind of finds something 
you know, like right. they shouldn't have found, you know, and it's like, you know, like actually the, you know, you've, you're, you're like dumb willingness to like do whatever cost you too, you know, like it's not just all riches are to be found by your, you know, like, like, all steam you know all goes you know hit the engines let's go well and it's also just you know, shit written in the 1800s is not like oh yeah, yeah. no it's, it's to very, try and yeah. get through like I... no they are not I, some things do not age particularly. i don't need to read brom stoker's oh. dracula again <laughs> oh i don't I know don't. it's pretty good it's it's pretty good, good. Brom i like Stoker, it's like yeah, a it's such a goofy ass book, like told through mm. letters and like me finding Dracula at the train station, you know, just like dumb, like the, the, the way the movie version of Dracula, you know, has kind of looms so large. And then when you read the book and you're like, this is like, this is extremely strange. Like, this is extremely strange. I, God, what was I reading the other day where someone was talking about having read Dracula for the first time? And they're like, how did this dude not get suspicious about going to this castle when he, like, <laughs> shows up in this village and everyone's like, oh, you're going there? And then a dude shows up to drive you in a carriage and he has glowing red eyes. And then, like, you know, it's like, I guess I've just got to close this real estate deal. So... <laughs> It's a very white person yeah. thing to do. Well, as yeah, as someone funny. once said about horror movies, I don't remember who it was, but it's like, if the characters in horror movies did everything sensible, yeah. there would be no horror movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would not make any yeah, It's like, like actually, I'm just going to go back to England. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go visit this creepy <laughs> castle. <laughs> I'm not going to stay overnight. That's for certain. I think our yeah. trust, I think our trust oh, in guy, the other people was maybe you know, a little greater back then. This guy keeps getting younger and healthier, and I keep getting weaker every day. You know? <laughs> it was too. This late, seems normal. Yeah, it was too late. yeah the the Bram yeah, Stoker Dracula the movie with uh, uh, Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder, pretty, pretty good. Uh, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, and, and yeah. And uh, what's the what's the guy who plays Renfield, the, the singer? Oh, um, Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Is it Tom Waits? Is it Tom Waits? I forget. Isn't it Tom Waits? I think it's Tom Waits. Play Renfield. God. Uh oh. No, I don't think I've seen. Internet. Internet. Yeah. Tell us. It was Tom Waits. Yeah, Tom Waits. Can't plays Renfield, which I think is his best role. I mean, he's been in a bunch of movies, but. Um, yeah, uh, he did it. I thought he did an excellent Renfield, which they're. I think they're doing a Renfield movie or show coming out soon. Really? Yeah, I believe. Digging deep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's some. I mean, like some of this, like H.G. Wells stuff. The Invisible Man's pretty good book. Um, you know, obviously they're classics and stuff, but it's just like, I don't know. It's, some of it's kind of hard. Did you guys ever watch um, Penny Dreadful on Showtime? Watch. Yeah, I've seen a little bit. Not of all. I mean, it. that's a yeah. obviously. You know, <laughs> it's it's League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. I mean, it's the same fucking thing. Same, yeah, concept. same concept. But I like that show. I actually liked that. Uh, yeah. The first season or two 
but after that, I got a little crazy. And then, and then we can do a whole episode talking about the movie version, League of Extraordinary. Oof, yeah, written by uh, um, Sean Connery's was last really? role. Yeah, James, James, that was, oh yeah, he he retired after uh, that movie. He was never in anything mm-hmm. ever again. Uh, yeah, James, James Robinson. Robinson. We we even we had James Robinson on the show a million years ago, and uh, and I think he got just drunk enough with us to be honest about back when he still drank. Back when he still drank, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, it was a job. He got hired to do a job. He got hired to write the screenplay for this, <laughs> and it was uh, X two had just uh, uh, become a huge one of the first big comic book like mega hits Mm -hmm. and after that i think the directive was um put them all in black leather and x2 up the ship well when they started advertising it the trailers is lxg i knew (laughs) (laughs) oh no what happened something something horrible has happened yeah i was i was really looking forward to that movie like oh a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. This is going to be awesome, and yeah, awesome. And it's like, oh, I mean, there's parts no. of it that I kind of. I still think the guy who plays <laughs> um, Hyde, and I thought mm-hmm. the, the 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 look of Hyde was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, there's moments in the movie where I'm like, yeah, this yeah is cool. there's you know, some cool like... parts to it, but overall, they just sort of like pissed on the story and just. Yeah. Well, you know, in in League, I mean, <laughs> Nina is, I mean, Nina is a central character. She's, I, I wouldn't go as far as to call her a woman of action. I mean, she's, well, as much as you would be in that time, right? And then the yeah. movie, I mean, she's doing, you know, cartwheels and backflips, right. and yeah. and is it, is basically a a super it, they comic a, book a the, the movie. They took a, way more than the comic. Well, book. no, but the, what I'm saying yeah. is like, it was Hollywood's idea of, oh, it's a comic book movie. So let's, it, yes. everybody's a, they yeah, be like superheroes. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's not, not good. good. Not good. It killed Sean Connery. It killed Sean Connery's career. <laughs> His career. <laughs> It's like I'm done. I'm, I'm looking the at the cast now, and there's like no one else in it that ha- I I don't know anything else that they ever did. Uh, Peter, oh, the cast. Peter Wilson and <laughs> Dude, ruined, ruined many careers. <laughs> never saw her again. Tony Curran, uh, never saw him again. Stuart Townsend played Dorian Gray. No, no, if I ever saw him again. Shane West is Tom Sawyer. I think he's done a couple of things. Jason Fleming, probably the only one that's ever done anything. Um, yeah. But I thought he was great, actually, as Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Yeah, Hyde. He was. I, I thought he was the best, probably the best part of the movie. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, not a great movie. It's it's and and just more reason for Alan Moore to to hate. it's like how does he oh so nick nick lindsey says stuart townsend became charlie's theron's ex oh there you go the movie was so bad (laughs) she divorced him hey you know what 
that's okay. He's still a winner in my book. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 17%. Who are those idiots? Based on reviews from 185 critics with an average rating of 4 out of 10. Uh, Woof. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. site's critical I mean, consensus a- reads, just ordinary. LXG is a great premise ruined by poor execution. I would say LXG. that's proper, proper, yeah. 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 Oh, it just kind of continues to show that, you know, Alan Moore writes for the, the drawn page and his stuff maybe uh, just isn't great to adapt to film. Well, I mean, I think there's certainly filmmakers that could do it. We just haven't yeah. really seen oh, it. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what what's what what is the most successful as far as like yeah, like artistically not commercially but what would you say the most successful more adapted movie or TV is? Oh, let's see. Um I would say V for Vendetta. V, v for Vendetta. The, yeah. The best of yeah. them. Um it, it even has its moments. Um you know yeah, I I would just say yeah, I guess V for Vendetta as far as like being coherent, yeah, not being terrible. It's like a film, yeah, like just you know, like a point of view that you could see, you could see like somebody the you know the filmmakers read the book and like got it. Maybe not totally agreed with every point mm-hmm. of it, but like understood. Like, okay, this is what this story is about. Whereas, which seems like such a low bar, <laughs> but to be honest with a lot of like, the more stuff it is like, oh, this person made this. I don't think got what the source right, material yeah. was. Fat, fat fascism is bad. Ignored it. Or like, yeah, or ignored it. Or like, or didn't quite like, like, I, I know we've talked about this before, but like Watchmen where like Zack Snyder, like created a thing that looked right. like yes. it. But it was like, like, but not quite it. Like you can kind of didn't quite get, like what Rorschach meant when he's like, "You're locked in here with me," right? Like those are the words you said, but like the meaning of it is different in your movie than it is in the book. Right? It's just like a real yeah. subtle thing, or it's like that's like. I mean, that is the bar. It's like, did the per, you know, does it feel like of this actual like source material as opposed to like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where it's sort of like, meh, I can kind of see it, but I don't think you actually got, or you just ignored it and decided that wasn't. Yeah. Like, kind of like from, from cool hell. This, yeah. What they would, you know, what, I mean, yeah. I don't know what how you make a movie of From Hell that feels like the source material. You don't. You know? I don't know that you it's want. Like, you don't. Like, yeah, why would you, you even read like, that? Yeah, it's like no. Yeah, that one I almost just toss out as like I don't know what you do. Like someone had to make this. I guess they optioned it. So like, yeah, yeah, and it's nothing like. Well, that. I think that's it. it's um, like people are just optioning things, and then you know it's like, well, let's adapt it, but it's. You know, it's one thing to like adapt a novel, maybe. Like, I think people understand, yeah. you know, even if you're not an avid reader, you could read a novel and sort of like grasp what you're getting and then turn that, adapt mm-hmm. that into a movie. Yeah. Okay. We got to, you know, we're, it's obviously not going to be the novel, but we got the basic gist of it. Where is what? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, it. that's what 
it feels like they've done with Alan Moore's comics is the same thing of like, oh, well, this is the plot. So I'm just going to tell the plot of the yeah. story. And it's like, well, but that's not really how he writes. Like the plot no. is just there to service the scenes, the story that he wants to tell. And that's, you know, it's like, what, like you said, Watchmen. He got the plot. He got all the characters right. It looked like really good. Yeah. Like yeah. the like comic a- book, like to a fault. Um, but yeah. then when yeah. he added like his own style and his choices to it, it was like, oh, you're a big dummy. Like you don't have any fucking idea what this is about. Like you, you like really yeah. no, you know, concept. And, and we've seen that from him over and over again with superhero comics and or with comic books that he's tried to adapt. Like you don't get this at all. You're, you know, it's like, you're, I don't know what the fuck you're like a frat boy that doesn't read and thinks he knows what Superman is about. I, uh, I get what yeah. Watchmen is. <laughs> you know, like, hmm. All right. Well, as we are all on our uh, work lunch break, today um happy thursday by the way uh we'll go ahead and wrap this up uh we 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 love this book we love all of the league but uh, do, do you actually that's a good question do you uh enjoy all of the league stuff all the way to what tempest was that the last one uh yeah to various degrees there's things i like more than others i i mean i think they're they've always been a, they were always a worthy thing Mm-hmm. of reading like some i liked better than others but like i always felt like i got my money's worth yeah like this is a thing of like merit you know i i i, th- I think it's a little complicated as you go along would be my like yeah. you might yeah. get a little you might be a little too deep yeah and i i and, I, and some I, twists and turns i love the first two volumes i i love the entire series the whole run uh but some of the later stuff does its borders on impenetrable uh on some of it so yeah i have to reread a bunch of them i'm just gonna keep reading it because it's been i've i read them in such far away chunks from each other i think too sometimes that like i didn't totally get wrapped into all of them but like I think as it goes along, it does get. I remember liking Tempest quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like overall, as far as like, I'm like, ah, this is cool. Yeah. I'm into this. Whenever you get to Black Dossier, just be ready to read a lot. No, Black Dossier is one where I'm like, this is dense. <laughs> yeah, it's really dense. It's a lot. You put a lot of work into yeah. it. I don't know if I love all this. Don't, I love don't, but, don't, uh, don't, don't read that one late at night. <laughs> You're not gonna make it. I loved <laughs> Black Dossier, but it did take oh, me a couple of great. reads to love it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really, it's. Really I mean, it goes around so much, like stylistically, and it's just like, it's probably the one, I'm going to like, where he really dives into, like, we're going to, like, embrace different, like, feels of old storytelling. Like, like we're gonna make it we're gonna make this part sound like this you know and like really go for it and sometimes that can be a little bit like you're saying can be a little harder than other times because you're asking a reader to kind of jump around a lot like actually we're gonna do this and now we're gonna do this and then it's like sometimes it's just hard to like wrap your head around you like it's almost like you need to take a breather right where we're so used to a book where it's like i'm gonna read this whole damn thing 
in one go and like that's definitely a book where that's like i it's a challenge to do it all in one shot because i just think your brain is jumping around so yeah. much to like these different things yep a little overload well um uh uh thanks for uh for bringing this one up tom it's one of my it's one of my favorites uh thank you out there for listening and or watching um uh check out our patreon stuff at patreon.com forward slash around comics and uh sal i think it's your oh what the hell was that that wasn't me (laughs) um I don't have one to pick. I don't. I, I, I did <laughs> not like, pick one. I'm not prepared. That's so all right. I will have right. next week. We'll pick. I will have we'll to find out. out. Um, I don't want to pick okay. one just off the top of my head. So no, that's fine. But you have Je- to pick. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume Two. Keep on going. We'll go through Black Dossier. We'll just read League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen from the next, beginning to end. Keep going. Uh, uh, yeah, let me. I'll. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Do it next Don't week. make a rash decision. Which um, uh, you can find out that and more uh, next Thursday on our next action packed. I think we'll be back uh, regular uh, bat time, Nighttime. Reg- regular bat channel. Sleepy. Um, yep. Thursday around uh, drunk eight thirty Central Standard Time. Thursday night. High. High. Drunk. Uh, happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tired. In the meantime. In between time. We're going to be everywhere in and around.